Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm your host, Carly McBride. Before we dive in, here's your reminder. Make sure you're subscribed to Order Up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you catch all our latest releases right in your feed. ProStart is a two-year industry-backed culinary arts and restaurant management program for high school students. The program reaches approximately 165,000 students in over 1,850 schools in all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and the territory of Guam. Over the past 23 years, more than 1 million students have participated in ProStart. Joining me today is the 2023 ProStart Teacher of the Year, Patrick Phelan. Patrick is a certified ProStart and ServeSafe educator based in Louisiana. Patrick has worked in the restaurant industry for over 20 years in a number of capacities and has been educating the next generation of restaurant workers for 17 years. The ProStart Teacher of the Year Award, sponsored by Golden Corral in honor of founder James Maynard, honors one individual for their tireless dedication to providing remarkable experiences to their ProStart students. Patrick, a big congratulations to you, and we're honored to have you here with us today. So let's get started. Let's start with an introduction. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your background in the culinary industry? Sure, I'd love to. It's strange that I ended up in this industry in one way and not so strange in another way. I started when I was young. I did a lot of cooking at home with my mother and grandmother, like a lot of aspiring cooks do. And I decided at some point I wanted to be a chef. I was going to go to the Culinary Institute of America. And then I had a, I think a 10th grade history class where everybody that we read about who was famous in history was a lawyer. So I decided I was going to law school. So I went to um, Loyola University here in New Orleans and studied political science and philosophy with the um, goal of going to law school. I actually went to Tulane Law School for a year. And then at some point that year, I just decided this is not what I want to do. Um, it was intellectually stimulating, but I felt like as a job, it's not something that I was really interested in. And I kind of want to do something with my hands. I always kind of still had that draw. So when I left law school, I went and found a good friend of mine who owns a pastry shop in Metairie, Louisiana called uh, Maurice French Pastries. One of the better pastry shops in the area. And asked him, hey, can I come work for you and kind of learn the pastry trade? Because I wanted to be a pastry chef. Even when I want to go to culinary school, that was sort of where I was going. And I had worked in restaurants throughout college and right after high school. Yeah, you know, I was busboy, bartender, bar back, front of the house, waiter, positions like that. Put myself through college mostly as a waiter and a bartender. So John Lee hired me and I did an apprenticeship there for I think like a, a year, year and a half. Pretty intense, 12 to 18 hours a day, knocking out some serious pastries. And then the next opportunity that was afforded to me was Emerald Lagasse was opening a new restaurant. In New Orleans called Delmonico and I uh, applied for a position there got hired on in the pastry shop there opened the restaurant had a great time I worked there for like a good two years worked my way up to sort of like a shift supervisor in the pastry department and then the next opportunity that arose was a friend of a friend recommended to me recommended to this friend that he might look at me to be the pastry chef in this restaurant that they were opening up in New Orleans so I went there and got hired as a pastry chef did that for, I think, like a year and a half or two years. And then another friend of mine who was a pastry chef who I'd worked with at Delmonico on the opening staff was leaving her job and went to one of the top five restaurants in New Orleans called Restaurant Cuvée at the time. 
she was leaving, she recommended me and I got hired there to be the pastry chef. And I worked there for five years as the pastry chef. And I did a lot of like sous chef work as well, managing shifts, expediting, helping run the overall kitchen. We had a small staff. So if a, a sous chef or the executive chef was off premise, for some reason I would be running the kitchen. Then Hurricane Katrina happened. The restaurant was damaged. They weren't sure if they're gonna reopen. They said, go look for unemployment or find another job just to kind of cover yourself. And my wife is a teacher in the school district I work in. And I applied for this new ProStar teacher job that they had at a new school they were getting ready to open. And uh, eventually got the job and was hired and started teaching with no experience whatsoever in the teaching profession. <laughs> Great. You actually jumped right ahead to my next question about how you got started with education and particularly the ProStart program. So it sounds like Hurricane Katrina kind of just pushed you right along on your career path. So now can you tell us a little bit more about what the role of a ProStart educator entails? Sure. Just stepping back a little bit, when I first got hired, as I said, I didn't know anything about teaching. I got thrown into a class. They needed a teacher that day. Start teaching. And sort of had to figure out how to do that and sort of to answer your question, figure out how to be a pro-start educator at the same time, just teaching in general, and then how to be a pro-start educator. But what I feel like the role encompasses is being a mentor to the students before being a teacher. You know, I have a lot of experience in the industry, and a lot of my friends have lots of experience in the industry. My wife worked in the industry. My brother worked in the industry. So I sort of bring to them advice on if you're going to make this a career, how to make it a career. The role of a teacher of pro-start also encompasses being able to effectively communicate the curriculum to a young person in a way that they understand and appreciate. And I, even though I'm 56 years old, I still sometimes think of myself as a 20 year old. And I think I do a good job of communicating with young people from that respect, because I still remember high school. It didn't seem like it was that long ago for me. So, you know, it's mentor passing on the curriculum knowledge, you know, what's in the textbook, but really passing on the life, the real world experience that I have and how to be a restaurant employee or a food service employee, whether it's front of the house or back of the house. How many participants are participating in ProStart programs each year and how many students are in your own program? It's pretty amazing because I went back and looked through the ProStart website just to be sure. And the last time they updated their website, I think there's 165,000 students nationally. That's 50 states, Guam and Washington, D.C. That's it. 165,000 students at any one time taking the class. You know, a million students have been touched by the program, which is incredible. I teach probably, it depends, uh, 20 to 40 students a year. A couple of years back, we went from a year-long class. So first semester would be ProStart 1. And if you're in ProStart 1, then you're automatically enrolled in ProStart 2 in the second semester. Two years ago, we went to um, students deciding if they wanted to be in the ProStart 2 class. And actually, amazingly enough, that sort of upped my numbers, to be honest with you. So I'm probably touching more students the last couple of years than I have at any time in the past. And next year, I have 80 students signed up for my class but my classes are limited to 15 people per class because of kitchen space, safety, me being able to watch them during the cooking aspect of the class. So um, we're trying to improve the kitchen in the next couple of years to be able to take more students on. And so hopefully that happens so that I can teach and reach more kids. Exactly. Speaking of career paths, how does the ProStart program play a role in building that career path for your students? First of all, it introduces them to all of the business. The one thing about the ProStar curriculum is it's pretty broad. It covers every contingency 
that could and should occur in a food service operation. So they get to see what are all of the responsibilities, all of the skills that you have to have to be in this industry, which is good because a lot of kids think, oh, I want to be a chef. I can cook. And I always have to tell them, lots of people can cook. That doesn't mean you can be a chef. So they get an introduction to that. Then I think the next thing that helps them along the career path is those parts of the curriculum that do show you the different paths you can take in this industry. You don't just have to be a chef of a small independent restaurant. You can be a kitchen manager slash chef at a, a corporate chain. You can be a regional manager, a, you know, a national manager. You can work in catering. You can work in the military. You can work in hotels, restaurants, cruise ships, food stylist I talked to them about, or things like that are now food science. A couple of our universities here in town are working together with students getting a culinary degree and then moving on to getting a food science degree after they finish their culinary degree. So showing them that there's, it's actually a really big industry. If you're really good at numbers, there's probably a job for you in the industry that has to do with numbers. If you're really talented with people, there's jobs in this industry that have to do with dealing with people. So the curriculum does a really good job of showing students that. And the other part that helps them along a career path is being immersed in my class. First of all, we do real live events for real customers fairly regularly. Depends on the year, but we can do 10 or 15 dining events and they're run like like a real restaurant would do, whether it's sometimes we'll do a buffet, which might be like a, a banquet style service, but sometimes it's a restaurant operation where we create a menu, we advertise a menu, people make reservations and they come in and we're cooking and serving a la carte. So they're getting to see how it also happens on a daily basis in a real food service operation. That's particular to my class. And then we have guest speakers who come in and talk about different aspects of the industry. And we do site visits, which is another opportunity to learn about how other people do things in the industry other than just myself or the people that I know. Those are some really fresh and innovative ways of educating your students a little bit outside the classroom. Are you doing anything else that's fresh and innovative that's really prepping them for a career in food service? One of the things that I've tried to do, and I don't know if it's fresh or innovative or not, is to get them to try different foods. You know, they're young high school students still, and they are used to the food they've eaten their whole life. So I try to push them to try different things. Sometimes it might be something green. But a lot of times it's foods that we don't typically eat in either South Louisiana or even the United States. So I work with another teacher who teaches a hotel, restaurant, tourism class. And together we'll get together and we'll like buy exotic ingredients and have them taste them. We're going to do that. Well, he's going to actually do it later in the week because I'll be out of town just to like expand their horizons. We also do an event. We haven't done it the last couple of years. COVID kind of stopped it, but where we would do a sort of an awful meal, you know, entrails, sweet breads, tongue, heart all of the uh, wacky ingredients that young people might not want to eat. But I would say most of my innovation, if you want to call it that, lies in, and it's out of, I guess this is going to come out of necessity. I didn't know how to teach, but I knew how to cook and I knew how to serve customers in a restaurant. So most of my teaching is done through the events. We at the Satellite Center use project-based learning. We're part of the New Tech Network. So the best way to get team members or students, I'm sorry, to learn is learning through doing. And learning through doing means preparing and planning the whole event. So if I were going to do a dining event two weeks from now or three weeks from now, I'd say, okay, guys, we're going to do one of these cafe days, which is like the restaurant setting. Let's come up with a menu. So I guide them through a menu writing process with them writing the menu. And then typically I would say, okay, this is good home cooking, but not restaurant cooking. So how do we turn this into restaurant cooking? We work through the menu. We finally get a menu hammered out. We'll 
practice the dishes and try the dishes and make sure that it's food that you would want to serve to a guest. Then they have to go cost and price the menu, part of the ProStar curriculum, but now they're doing it with my help. I kind of walk around and facilitate the process and answer questions. Really, I ask more questions than they ask. I don't really answer a lot of questions. The next step is sort of getting the product in, ordering the product, getting it in, prepping the product, getting ready for the event, managing reservations. We have a reservation system we use, so the students have to kind of manage that end of it too. And then they're also writing a menu test for the servers so that the servers can demonstrate that they understand the menu. So if a customer has a question, the server can answer it. So I think if I do anything different, it's doing this project-based learning idea where I'm guiding them through the process and facilitating it, but I'm not doing the work. Behind the scenes, I'm doing some of the work. And I at least trick them into think they're doing the work, if that makes sense. I'm not really tricking them, but, you know, they are doing it, but sometimes they need a little more help than they know. But I think my students' success in the culinary industry, and I've had some that have been very successful, is because they've done real-world restaurant work, not just sitting in a class, me demonstrating or me lecturing and them taking tests and regurgitating it back to me. Yeah, that hands-on learning, I think, is so effective for most students. So you mentioned some former students. Can you tell us about one, maybe one former student that has gone on to pursue a career in culinary? Sure. I'm going to talk about two in particular. I've had a a number of them have left the industry, some of it COVID-related and some of it just, you know, if you have children, sometimes it's a hard industry. So that's, some of them have left because of that. But I have two in particular. One I'm still in contact with. He's helped me mentor the Pro Start competition team a few times. Really great cook. Did really well in my class, went to culinary school and has worked his way up the ladder. Now he's an executive chef of a fine dining restaurant not far from here. His name's Eli Wilson, super talented guy. Another student just opened his own restaurant after a number of years. Joe Boudreaux is his name. He's been a chef at a seafood restaurant for a number of years. And I think the people that own that restaurant believed in him enough to sort of back him opening his own restaurant, which I just opened last week. And I've heard it's He's doing really well so far. So two really good guys, two really good cooks. I wish all the best to them. And I think they've already proven they're successful. I just hope the success continues for both of them. For sure. What is your favorite part as your role as an educator? Seeing a student grow and not seeing the good cooks grow because you sort of expect that. And I'll use cooking because that's most of the students who take my class at least want to cook, learn how to cook and want to eat, to be honest with you. Yeah. But when I get somebody who struggles in the kitchen for various reasons, maybe no experience, maybe just has never seen how to cook in a kitchen. I don't really know why they struggle. But when they succeed, I had a student 10 years ago, I think, the worst cook I've ever had day one. You know, I always do like a kind of a pre-test early in the year. Hey, cook something. Let's see how it comes out. And he was bad. And uh, by the end of his year, because he was actually one of the students that was here the whole year, he had improved tenfold, at least. His food at the end of the year was really good. Because at the end of the year, I'll typically do some sort of um, mystery basket. And when I threw the mystery ingredients at him, he did awesome. And I think he ended up having the highest score out of that. So the, those seeing those types of successes, the students who struggle succeed. And, and it might be a student who struggles with academics. If they struggle with the academic side of Pro Start, you know, the curriculum side of it, and are able to sort of grow in that respect. That's just as important too. So you're proud of all your students and I love all parts of teaching, but seeing students who are struggling a bit succeed is really makes me feel good at the end of the day for them, to be honest with you. Right. Very gratifying for you as an educator. What would you say 
to a potential student that might be curious about a career in the restaurant industry? I haven't been in the industry in a long time. I guess it's been about you know, 17 or 18 years. Um, well, I said, I do work at a restaurant one day a week with a friend, but it's not a typical restaurant. It's pretty easy to manage <laughs> your day there. But I do remember my time in restaurants and I do always tell them off the bat, this is not an easy industry. It requires a lot of hard work, a lot of grit, a lot of determination, a lot of hours. It'll pay off for you in the end, but just know on the front end, there's lots of work you have to do. You've got to get better at your job. You have to put in the time and it's a demanding industry. So I always start off with that because I don't want anybody to go into this career thinking I'm going to be cooking like a Food Network chef and sort of, you know, cooking in my kitchen, smiling and happy and serving a plate of food. You know, it's different between cooking one to four plates of food and cooking two, three, 400 plates of food. So I'm always upfront with them about that. But then after that, uh, my advice always to them is be the first to work every day, be the last one to leave. Yes, chef is the only answer. Listen to your chef. They're trying to teach you. Work harder than everybody else. You don't have to be the best cook. You have to be the hardest worker. You can become a success in this industry if you work hard. If you're at work every single day and work hard, you will be successful in this industry. And then find a mentor, somebody who you can learn from in the industry. I have a few of them. I still contact these chefs from time to time if I need advice or if I want a question about cooking or anything has to do with the industry, which I want to pass on to my students. Typically, I go to them for that. So, yeah, really important to find a mentor who you can lean on when you need to. How has being a ProStart educator impacted your own culinary and chef perspective? Like, what have the kids taught you along the way? They have taught me patience, humility, and empathy. I always say that I've learned as much from my students as I've taught typically not cooking. Every now and then you do learn something from your students. That's a cooking thing that you didn't know, particularly if they come from a, an ethnic background that I'm not familiar with the food from. But really, they've taught me how to be patient with young people. When you work in the restaurant business, patience isn't necessarily always something that you have. You're trying to get food done now for the customer that's waiting on it. Very go, go, go. Right. They've taught me a little humility. I have an ego. And you can't have an ego around kids. You know, you want them to know that you're kind of at their level. And then also empathy, because in a classroom, you have students from a bunch of different backgrounds, different home lives, different abilities, you know, and in the workforce, that may not always matter, really. You're trying to make sure you have people that can really do the job. But in school, students come to all different sets of characteristics and learning how to meet each kid where they are and understand them and try to help them is really the biggest lesson I think from teaching. Patrick, you've done some tremendous work throughout your career and a big congratulations on your Teacher of the Year Award for this year. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I totally enjoyed it. Did you know the National Restaurant Association produces and hosts several webinars each month to serve and grow the industry? Topics ranging from hiring and workforce, food safety, DE&I, and the most relevant policy topics for restaurants. All previous webinars are also available for on-demand viewing. To learn more about upcoming and recorded webinars, please visit restaurant.org slash events slash learning. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts.
episode produced by Dante32. 